Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, if we've not met before, my name's Anil. I'm the Associate Minister here, and it's lovely to add my welcome to John and those we've heard already today. Uh, do bow your heads to pray as we begin. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Today, as we've heard already, begins one of my favorite, favorite seasons in the church, the season of Advent. Uh, and as John has told us, as we always wondered, we all now know what Advent means. It means different things, but arrival is, is, is what we heard, so that's good. Uh, and so during Advent, uh, Christians uh, look uh, back to the first Advent, the first incarnation, the coming of, of Jesus our Lord and Savior 2,000 years ago, uh, but we also look forward to the time when Jesus uh, has promised to return, when he will come as divine judge of the whole world. This is our hope. And for me, uh, that word hope sums up the season of Advent so beautifully. We live in hope every day, don't we? A hope that uh, we get the things that we asked for for Christmas. A hope that our children get ready for school on time. That's my hope. It's five days a week. A hope that the internet will be stable enough during our Zoom meetings. A hope that Boris won't force another lockdown this Christmas. A hope that we won't catch COVID. Hope that we can afford our heating costs as the months get colder. Hope that our loved ones might still be around this Christmas. Hope that the medical intervention will work on our terminal illnesses. Hope that someone might visit us over Christmas so we won't be lonely on Christmas Day. Hope that our parents won't argue or get a divorce this year. Hope for a pregnancy. Hope that our loved one's mental health won't deteriorate further. We live in hope every day, don't we? Hope for the mundane and the majestic. Hope for the trivial and for the trials. We live in hope. What God will show us today from his word is that Emmanuel is our hope in the darkness. And I'm going to be dancing all across the New Testament to help us see that Jesus is Emmanuel and to encourage us all to set our hope in him. Well, that being said, uh, please do have your Bibles open to Isaiah chapter 9, uh, beginning at verse 1, which is on page, what of the church Bibles? 693 of the church Bible. Thank you, Sabrina. Now, I want you to imagine it's 10 years from now. Gradually, unrest and turmoil has been building up in Afghanistan, and through acts of terror and the targeting of civilians, the Islamic state has overthrown the Taliban, who are currently in control, and has been building up a complex and sophisticated arsenal of weapons. Over the years, skirmishes and attacks in the UK have increased until a full-scale evasion occurred just a year ago. All the men, aged 18 and over, were drafted into the army, many of whom have been killed or taken hostage. And finally, the Islamic State made an attack on the UK and successfully toppled our government, ripping the remaining women and children from their homes and taking them away to live in Afghanistan under their rule. And you are among them. What are you thinking? What are you feeling? Fear? Anger? 
distress, terror, hopelessness. What I've described is something of the picture we're confronted with at the end of Isaiah chapter 8. Because the nation of Israel had turned away from the Lord and not followed his good commandments, God had said that he would send the king of Assyria, a brutal, warring nation against Israel, to destroy their cities and to rip them away into exile in Babylon. Isaiah ends his prophecy in chapter 8 by saying, Then they will look towards the earth and see only distress and darkness and fearful gloom, and they will be thrust into utter darkness. Distress, darkness, fearful gloom, utter darkness. It's a bleak and harrowing picture, isn't it? Staring the imperial war machine of Assyria in the face, and knowing there is no escape, no mercy, no chance of success. It is hopeless for them. For the people who first heard Isaiah's words 740 years or so before the birth of Jesus, they were hearing these words maybe eight years or so before the fall of the northern kingdom of Israel. Isaiah, he'd long encouraged them to turn back to God, but by now it was too late. And I can well imagine as they anticipated what lay ahead for them and their nation, their hearts and minds were filled with gloom and fearful darkness. A few Sundays ago, a small number of us gathered here in church, in the middle of church, uh, to, to have an evening of prayer and sung prayer, and we call it Kingdom Come. During our time of prayers, we spent maybe 20 minutes or so praying especially for some children in Nigeria who had been kidnapped from their families and taken away being forced to convert to Islam. That night, many of us wept as we carried these children before God. We cried out for justice and for mercy for these children who are now living in fear and terror at the hands of their persecutors. Not because these girls had turned away from God like Israel had, but actually for these girls daring to believe in Jesus. I can imagine their hearts and minds might be full of gloom and fearful darkness. A deep hopelessness consuming them even now as we're meeting. What about for each of us in church today? Can you see only distress? Are you surrounded by a fearful gloom and utter darkness? Your fragile health in the face of flu and COVID? A breaking marriage? The pressure to perform in exams or in the workplace? The isolation of loneliness? The fracturing of your mind? The rejection of those you love? The emptiness of your bank account? What hope is there for Israel? What hope is there for those poor Nigerian girls? What hope is there for you? Brothers and sisters, Emmanuel is your hope in your darkness. So set your hope on Emmanuel. It is into this despair and distress that Isaiah brings a message of hope from the Lord. Chapter 9, verse 1. 
Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. Can you imagine it? That small flicker of hope kindling in your hearts. You know that a time of terror is coming, it's unavoidable. It is the consequence of your nation turning your back on God whom loved you. At the end of this period of, of discipline, the Lord is promising to do something marvelous. Verse 2, a great light has dawned. It's warming rays softly punctuating the deep darkness before its full radiance bursts across the land. And notice that Isaiah is speaking in the present tense. He's taking us there to a future moment, propelling us further into the future when the glory of this light will destroy the hopeless darkness. Brothers and sisters, Emmanuel is your hope in your darkness. So set your hope in Emmanuel. Verse 3, the hand of God has enlarged the nation. That this time of exile and persecution actually worked to increase the Lord's people, not to shrink them. With hearts overflowing with joy, Isaiah continues, joy before the Lord. Imagine that. Like the, the joy of getting a large Christmas bonus after months of hard work. Or the joy of receiving an unusually generous Christmas present. Why the joy? Verse 4. Because for Israel, this dawning light has destroyed the hopeless darkness and shattered the oppressive and suffocating regime that kept their heads pushed into the mud. For years, they were burdened by foreign rulers and strange cultural practices. But now, they've been released. They've been freed. Notice again that Isaiah is still speaking in the present tense. God is revealing through his prophet a window into a time when this has already happened. Brothers and sisters, Emmanuel is your hope in your darkness. So set your hopes in Emmanuel. I don't know about you, but as I look around the world around me, as I, I look at my young children, I think, oh, what a burden this world will put upon them. What iron bars will constrain their shoulders? What rods will lash their backs? There are oppressive regimes that are creeping across this world and smothering us in darkness. Regimes that are enslaving the people of this world. Powers that are beating all those who dare to speak against them. The yoke of wokeness. The bar of gender ideology. The tyrannical rod of tolerance. Just look at the hounding of J.K. Rowling. Can't you feel the burden of these oppressive regimes? Don't you wonder what future the children behind these doors will face? I do. But thanks be to God that we have a Lord and Master who is not oppressive or overbearing. A Lord who looks upon us as we struggle under the weight of these dictators and tenderly speaks in Matthew chapter 8, 28. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Throw off the burdens that bind you. Stop allowing the pressures of this age to wear you down and weary you, be it an ideology, be it a job, a way of living, a dream you are trying desperately to grasp at, a person you are trying to please. Come to Jesus. Listen to what he says truly matters. And take those things to heart, learning from him. And I promise you will find rest for your souls. That's a promise from Jesus. Brothers and sisters, Emmanuel is the hope in your darkness. So set your hope in Emmanuel. Back to our passage. As we reach those well-known words, what is this light that brings rejoicing and liberation? Verse 6, for to us a child is born. Isaiah and Israel could only wait in longing expectation for this light to dawn upon them, for this hope to smother the darkness. But one day, 2,000 years ago, that light erupted across this earth. The light that shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. John chapter 1, verse 5. The true light that gives light to everyone has come into the world. John chapter 1, verse 9. Jesus who declares, I am the light of the world. John chapter 8 verse 12. This child is Emmanuel, whom has already been mentioned by Isaiah in chapter 7 verse 14 and 8 verse 8. Do you remember what the angel said to Joseph about the child in Mary's womb in Matthew chapter 1? She will give birth to a son, the angel says, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save people from their sins. And then Matthew adds this explanatory note. He says, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Brothers and sisters, Emmanuel is your hope in your darkness. So set your hopes in Emmanuel. Isaiah continues, to us a son is given. Whose son? God's son. Remember what the angel Gabriel said to Mary before she became pregnant. Luke chapter 1 verse 31. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. Verse 35. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the son of God. A son, Jesus, Emmanuel, God's son, whom God has given to us. John chapter 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He gave his son to us, to you and to me and to this whole world. Brothers and sisters, Emmanuel is your hope in your darkness. So set your hope in Emmanuel. Isaiah continues, and the government will be on his shoulders. Do you remember Jesus' uh, last words to the disciples in Matthew 28? Jesus declared, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus has all authority 
And we see in John's revelation, one day all kings will bow before him. Isaiah continues, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Aren't those beautiful titles? Wonderful Counselor. The word wonderful there has the the sense of supernatural. Jesus' wisdom and understanding is far beyond human wisdom and counsel. Perfect wisdom is in Emmanuel, mighty God. He is God himself, everlasting Father. Can you see the apparent paradox that a child yet to be born can be called Father? An everlasting Father, how? Because he will both live forever and he has no beginning. He is everlasting. Prince of Peace. A peace is a word we we use a lot, especially in our current age. Peace and quiet in our house. Uh, The peace of a ceasing in war. Peace as in an inner stillness. But when the Bible uses the word peace, it's referring mainly to an end of hostility between us and God. That we can have peace with God. That the judgment of God will not fall upon us because it fell upon his son Jesus Christ on the cross. As Isaiah will prophesy in chapter 53. But he, Jesus, Emmanuel, the Son of God, was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. By his wounds we are healed. Brothers and sisters, this life can be tough and can be very dark at times. Some of you may be in the middle of a great season of darkness right now, and it feels like it will never end. But if you trust in the Lord Jesus, if you love the Lord Jesus, then you are guaranteed for sure and certain that when your life on this earth draws to a close, and as you stand on the recreated world at Jesus' second advent, you will be embraced by the arms of a beautiful saviour whose nail-pierced hands will wipe every tear from your eyes. The only way to find peace with God, the, the peace for your souls, is by trusting in the blood of Jesus. Nothing else can help you when our Lord returns to judge the living and the dead. Brothers and sisters, Emmanuel is your hope in your darkness. So set your hopes in Emmanuel. Verse 7, of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. Back in 2 Samuel chapter 7, God promised the great King David that he will have a son whose kingdom will be established forever. When the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary, he added, The Lord will give Jesus the throne of his father David, and he will rule over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Jesus is God's son, God's gift. Emmanuel is the rightful Lord, ruler, and king of this entire universe. He made it. It belongs to him, and we belong to him too. And he's not some tyrant ruler who only takes from his people. And he's not a a useless ruler who makes bad decisions. No. Jesus is the perfect ruler whose perfect counsel is beyond human wisdom. 
who rules forever, who brings ultimate peace, soul-saving peace. A king might have, in the olden days, gone into battle and rescued and protected his people for a little while. King Jesus went into battle against sin, the world, and the devil, and rescued his people for eternity. And nothing can prize us from his universe-creating grip. This is our God. Brothers and sisters, Emmanuel is your hope in your darkness, so set your hopes in Emmanuel. And finally, the zeal of the Lord Almighty himself will accomplish this. It's a promise from God. Signed with the authority of God and fully backed by a God who is jealous for his people. The people of Isaiah's time could only look forward to a day of Emmanuel, when God would be with them. But this promise was yet to be fulfilled for them, even though they returned to the land. But thanks be to God that 2,000 years ago, this world experienced the first advent of Emmanuel, God with us, when God himself was born on earth as a child in the person of his son, Jesus, by the power of his Holy Spirit. And for 33 years or so, God was with us on this world. And even his crucifixion could not break God's promises. Because when he returned to his Father, he sent his Holy Spirit to live inside of each of us who call him Lord, each of his children. Emmanuel, God is with us right now, in this, right now, in this church by his Spirit. If you love the Lord Jesus, if you trust in the Lord Jesus, if you believe in the Lord Jesus, why don't you just raise your hands where you are in church? Brothers and sisters, look around you. Look how present God is among us this morning. We are his church. We are his body. And look how present he is among us by his spirit, each of us. I mean, why would you not come to church every week? When you get to look upon the face of so many people in whom the Lord's Spirit dwells, what a privilege. God is with us always, and he has promised to never leave us or forsake us if we belong to him. Brothers and sisters, Emmanuel is your hope in your darkness, so set your hope in Emmanuel. So for those girls in Nigeria who may right now still be held captive, God is with them. Emmanuel is their hope in their darkness, and he will never leave them. And one day, he will welcome them home, and each of us who believe will see those girls and meet them. And for you, with all your troubles that you might be facing today, Emmanuel is your hope in your darkness, and he will never leave you. So set your hope in Emmanuel. And if today, for you, the world looks rosy and the skies are blue, then give thanks to God for his blessings. He is your hope in your darkness. He will never leave you, so set your hope in Emmanuel. And if maybe today you don't yet know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, turn to him. Give yourself to him. Find rest in him, because through Jesus... God can be with you too.
and he will be your hope in your darkness. And he has promised to never leave you. So set your hope in Emmanuel. Please bow your heads to pray. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom because Emmanuel God is with us. Father God, we thank you for your spirit who right now is ministering to each of our hearts who believes in you and even those who don't as your word is coming upon us. Father God, we thank you that you are with us, that you will never leave or forsake us, that you hold us fast. In whatever gloom, in whatever darkness we find our hearts, Lord, by your Spirit, set upon us the radiance of your Son, that we would find joy even in our darkness. Father God, when we feel we can't see the light, that it feels smothered or, or hidden, set upon us your people, this church, your body, who will help to shine the light upon us once more, who will help to guide us back to your Son. And Lord, for those of us who, who don't yet know your Son, whose light isn't radiant on us this morning, by the power of your Spirit, break our stubborn hearts, illuminate our eyes, and turn us to you to find hope and peace. Amen.